Welcome to the Triple P Podcast, Preds, Pucks, Pinoys, hosted by Justin Bradford and Matt Best. Hello and welcome to another episode of Triple P, Preds, Pucks, Pinoys. I'm Justin Bradford, along with Matt Best, and if you're not watching, I'm rocking my Shang-Chi shirt from my Marvel Collector Core box. Mr. Best, have you seen Shang-Chi yet? No, and I told you pre-show that I knew what you were going to ask me, and I have not seen it yet. You are a disappointed Asian. I have been watching other television and or playing a video game called New World. Okay, 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 okay. But, I mean, you do know why it's important for you to see this, right? Culture. Culture. English, maybe, too. Holy shit. But, yeah. Yeah. I'll get to it when it's available for me to watch if I don't get my butt to a theater. You better pay to watch it too. I didn't Mr. say how I was do I was going to watch That's it. That's why I said what I said. <laughs> I will uh I'll pay just for you. Not just for me, for our people. No, for you because you peer pressure me into it. <laughs> you damn right I did support artists. You're an artist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't undercut what you do. <laughs> It's an art form to be able to do stuff with video that you do. Thank you. And with that, audio. See? That was ni- After yelling at me, that was nice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Tear me down. <laughs> well, well, I'm like the military. Got to tear you down to build you back That's up. That's true. <laughs> folks, we are so close to the regular season happening. And, I mean, it's, it's weird for me because I have not been able to go to anything during training camp. Or preseason, just because of so many other responsibilities right now. New job, had a couple travel things. I'm going to miss the last preseason game. Well, I mean, there's only two home preseason games, so it's like there are a wealth of opportunities for me. Yeah. But Cumberland football has a night game, of course, the one night game of the season for them, and I'm their PA announcer. And it's not like I can just skip that, folks. I've, I've been doing this in 2008, so I'm 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 that thing. I gotta you, you do. You gotta it. go. Yeah, I got to go. And especially, I'm not going to miss a, that for a preseason game, but I'm going to miss that preseason game. So I'll not be at any preseason games, I've not been at any practices yet because of the times when practices are. The one time I could have gone to a practice, they had a day off because, of course. Uh, so my first like real action is going to be opening night, and it's against Seattle. That's a pretty darn good way to, to open things up. But we're so close, Matt. So close. The roster is starting to come into place right now. So we're going to kick right off with that first with. A move that confused a good amount of people, myself included, in terms of the timing of the move, because it could have waited for other things to fill out for other teams and maybe not get in playing. But Rem Pitlick hit waivers for the reason to assign him to Milwaukee. People are like, why are they waving him? Like, you have to. He's not waiver exempt anymore. So for him to go to Milwaukee, he had to clear waivers. And well, he didn't. And he was claimed by the Minnesota Wild hometown team for him. He played at Minnesota. He's from Minnesota. He's from up there. I mean, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. But before I hand this over to you, because I'm rambling right now, Matt, uh, Minnesota is going to come up with that decision as well. Are they going to have a roster spot with him, or is he going to hit waivers when they try to assign him to Iowa, which at that point, yeah, he's going to get claimed either by Nashville or some other team, uh, no doubt, to, to figure out that way to see if they can get him on their main roster or their AHL roster somehow. But that was curious because I would have thought, and it was Boyd Farish, who's also with Penalty Box Radio, you mentioned too of why, why do it now? when you could have waited a little bit close to the regular season when teams have to get their rosters more locked and they wouldn't have had the cap space, would have had to make tough decisions. And they went, ah, no, we can't claim him. We have no space for him. That was confusing to me because I still saw Rem Pitlick as a top five prospect. I mean, not saying that he's top 
three, but I'd say I'm going to put the fifth best prospect in the system in terms of what he potentially could be uh, because his age, while he seems older, this was only going to be really his second full year of pro. He went, he played American juniors, then went to college and finished up there and then played in Milwaukee for a full season, played all of 18 games last season mixed between Chicago and Nashville because he was on the taxi squad. So he didn't get much playing time. So this is a really truly second full pro year and it, I don't want to say given up, but it's just an interesting decision, Matt. It, it just it feels like they had the blinders on with everything else that was happening at camp. Like Afanasiev doing as well as he's been doing. It kind of feels like the front office went, yeah, we just got to focus on him, Tomasino, Ference. We got to look at these guys. And poor old Rem Pitlick, it's always felt like during his tenure, he hasn't really been given a fair shot. So maybe like if you want to look at it glass half full, maybe this was just we know he'll find a home if we do it this way and just David Poyle trying to be a nice guy. But then all of me (laughs) thinks, would David Poyle really do that? Or would this just be more of oops kind of just managing here? It it feels like an oops. Um, That being said, watching Pitlick and just going over more tape from Pitlick, he's more or less given me the feeling that he's going to be one of those bottom six, middle six kind of guys for his whole yeah. career, which is completely third line fine. Center. Yeah, yeah, which third is line fine. Center, like your, your Carl Soderbergs, your what Philip Deneau should be playing, like those kinds of guys that just, they can make an NHL roster, but just don't expect the world of them. And they're a top prospect because the cupboard's kind of thin. It's not the heaviest cupboard. Exactly. Which no, is totally why agree. like you put Rem Pitlick in the Senators organization he's not going to come close to being in the top five. That team is right. just loaded, right? So it, it just feels like, yeah, I get it. That pit looks gone and it kind of sucks. And the way they mismanaged it is kind of what's leaving a sour that's taste. That's what bothers our, me yeah, the most. That's what's leaving yeah. a sour taste in our mouths. But at the end of the day, it's not that big of a loss. And I'm not trying to bag on how like his hockey skills or anything like that. I just think that in a like four days from now, let's say, before the season's starting to open, um, that – if this move were to go down between now and then, it would have been a lot better instead of a few days ago when it did happen. It's just, yeah, it's mismanaging. It's mismanaging. And what bothers me the most about it too is I still think, like you said, he could have been a solid third line center, but because of other contracts that they have and other players that they have on the roster that, and what I think probably shouldn't be there or they should be giving opportunities to other guys. Again, the whole youth movement thing. And I know they're, they're making progress towards that, slowly but surely but but <laughs> are it's you one of those sure uh-huh. we'll, we'll see what opening that looks like right but they're they're making that slow progress there too but pit like like you even said and like everybody knows didn't get the fair shot and last year it's hard to count last year for any prospect and it, everybody's addressed it because a lot of these guys didn't play they got to practice all season sure but didn't get to play if they're in the taxi squad and riding the taxi squad that's that is a cool experience for them to be up with the NHL guys, for them to train and be around the systems and everything too. And all of a sudden, bloop, you wash it away by you have to wave him because you want to sign him to the AHL really early when you probably didn't have to. So especially because injuries could happen in that final preseason game um, or another preseason game. And then you would wish you had had him to at least get another look at him. So that's what it is, is the mismanagement that I guess frustrates me the most that, yeah, he's not meant to be a top six, a top, yeah, top six player. But he at least had a role there. I think he could have fit a role in the system as it is. Uh, and they didn't give him a chance because he's still so young in his career. Uh, again, the whole age thing. Yeah, he's a little bit older, but it's because of where he came from. It's, it's how he's moved up in, in the system. So you can't expect 
too much out of him right now out of this year, but he, he's done all right in the AHL. And with a team like the Preds, too, all you have right now in this phase of what the <laughs> roster is is time and patience. No you one's no one's rushing this roster to go out and win a Stanley Cup. It, like if you look at the top line of the Predators of Forsberg, uh, Johansson, and Duchesne, you look at that and you don't look at the rest of the roster. You go, that's pretty strong. And then you look at the rest and you go, oh, okay, rebuilding team. I totally get it. Makes like, sense. That's why it's strong. That like <laughs> that's it. It's full stack on the first. It's just like we've been saying over and over. It's it's puzzling. Uh, I just. If certain players aren't on this team, like if a Nick Cousins isn't here, I don't think Rem Pitlick goes down. Even if he right. wasn't, if, even if he didn't have a strong camp, I think because of his contract situation and like having to go through waivers kind of thing, then he he's not the odd man out. But it kind of feels like he is the odd man out and mm-hmm. just got mismanaged. I mean, Granlund got signed, and you know how both of us felt about that. Like, okay, whatever, it's done now. If he doesn't get signed, Pitlick has a spot. And like I said, if Cousins doesn't get signed, Pitlick has a spot. Not necessarily where they will slot in on opening night, but there's a roster spot there for Rem Pitlick that we thought he definitely would have had. Not 100% in the bag, but like would have been part of the roster, at least a healthy scratch with the big team to start the year. Yeah, or at least play maybe 25 games at the big club. Something yeah. like that. Uh, get, get more of a taste than just a few games kind of thing. So, okay, moving on to opening that roster, what we're thinking here too. Uh, Adam Vingen posted this, and I'm just referencing him because I can't just make it up and say, hey, hey I was there. <laughs> uh, the lines at, at Predators practice were, like we know, Forsberg, Johansson, Duchesne, then Tolvanen, Grenland, Cunnan, Cousins, Glass, Tomasino, Trennan, Sissons, Jeannot, and then the extras were Afanasiev, Grimaldi, McCarran, Olivier left practice. Also, McCarran and Cousins left practice after a collision as well. And that's where I'm going, hmm, maybe Afanasiev doesn't make the opening at roster. Uh, first of all, <laughs> first of all, oh my shit, do people love to butcher Igor Afanasiev's name? It, honestly, it's not even that hard of a name. And I'm not it try- really I'm isn't. not trying to rag on people being like, get it right, but it's like Afanasiev. It's it's one of those things that it's almost spelled phonetically. Yeah, just and if you say it fast, it kind of works. Yeah, Afanasyev. Afanasyev. I mean, and you listen to Russian broadcast, that's Afanasyev. Yeah. It's so quick. You go Afanasyev. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's very but angry. Afanasyev, no. Afanasyev, I, I don't understand how people are getting it so wrong. <laughs> here. So, like, the here's butchering how we, it so here's much. Here's how we fix this. You, right now, very slowly, just enunciate it. Yegor, and again, it's hey, Yegor, not Slowly, Yigor. asshole. Slowly. <laughs> uh, hold on, hold on. Yegor. Yegor. It's not Igor either. It's actually Yegor. That's why before we saw things with the Y in front of it, things like that, it's Yegor. And I've confirmed this with him, okay? Last year during Best the pals. pandemic, when when I had, I, I did a, lo- a Facebook Live with him where I interviewed him, and he's like at the park. <laughs> with, with, with the family, the training family he was staying with, because he's still with the Spitfire. Not, yeah, still with um, with the organization. Yeah, yeah. He's a Spitfire, yeah. Yeah, with the Spitfires. Jeez, yeah. oh, it's been so long. With the Spitfires, but he's staying in Michigan. And I asked him, like, okay, please, just make sure. He's like, actually, it's Igor. But he's going by Igor because North Americans see the E, and it's like Igor. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But it's really Igor. Mm-hmm. A yeah, there's a yeah in front of that, okay? <laughs> then A Fa Na Siev. 
Afanasyev. 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 Igor Afanasyev. <laughs> it sounds like I'm pushing a button and you're just saying it over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> Igor Afanasyev. It's not Afanasyev. I don't... I, I, I hear it butchered sometimes going, you're actually spending more energy to get it wrong. <laughs> is there, you know on YouTube how you can type in a last name and there's a video for it usually? Oh, yeah. Is this in there? And if it's not, you should make this from our account. I, I really should. We, we should just make that happen. You, you should take what I was doing and clip that and we should post it everywhere. <laughs> That's kind of not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. Do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> 12 time codes around like 12 minutes. I'll just remember that. Okay, all right. So, anyway, please, <laughs> please, just that—that's the way you do it. That's the way. That's the way you do. It. Okay, but with the those lines like that, I—that's what I see happening. That is truly what I see happening for opening for that that being actually on the ice. The thing is, the Predators have to cut a few more to actually get to the opening at roster of twenty-three. They are at twenty-eight. One goalie's going to go. There are three goalies right now. So there's. 27 they have four skaters they have to cut and i put the question out yesterday uh as of this recording yesterday to see what people thought and i think most people are around the same boat of who should be cut and and who should stay and everything a lot of folks obviously mccarran yeah mccarran's one and most people are like harper hey you leave captain harper alone (laughs) you shut your half Filipino mouth. <laughs> Captain Harper. No, Harper's two for sure. And this is and then Davies is number three. Just yeah. because and it's not thing against him, it's that he's young. He's still early in his career. He, he so gets more like refined. Season. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the other two, eh. but Davies, <laughs> he needs just more seasoning. So there's three. Those are the three that seem to be every most people are in agreement. The fourth one is where all hell broke loose of what people were saying, right? You saw Grimaldi's, you saw Bennings, you saw some, I tried to say, what realistic cuts would you make? Some A lot of people are obviously on uh, Afanasyev, which I would understand as well, too, just because they might want to see a little bit more of him. Yeah, I, I'm, an, I'm an Afanasyev fan. I'm a fan of the kid, uh, but I understand if he needs more season. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a second, too. But Matt, who would be your fourth cut? Who? What's the fourth skater you're going to cut? Oh. That is the difficult one. Like, all of me wants to say Rocco Rocco Grimaldi. Right. Only because he's had so many opportunities to, like, show something. And what he's shown is he's a fast skater. He can score a hat trick against the Detroit Red Wings. And he overskates his edges much too, like, far too often. That's all I see out of Rocco Grimaldi. To the point where, like, yeah, sometimes he can generate a goal from being that speedy little guy. But... I just don't, it's not what I care for right now. Um, I, I look at it and it's like Olivier, could I cut him too? Yeah, I probably could. And would people be mad for about five minutes? Yeah. Would they get over it? Pretty quickly. Um, Do you think Olivier would get picked up? Do you think somebody would claim him? No. I think at that point, there's not going to be roster space for anybody to be able to claim him. To claim, they're not going to waste it. To claim an Olivier, I don't think that happens. No. So that's a safe. That's a safe cut, I think. Uh, I think that's a safe cut. I think Rocco's not a safe cut, but I think he's borderline safe cut. If we're being honest, he's fast. He's fast. That's his shtick. That's it. I, there's no like supreme scoring touch. There's no wicked defensive like abilities. He's fast. 
Um, the the argument could be made for Afanasyev to go back and just get more in tune and keep like use the confidence that he had from Big Camp and go like show people what the heck he's all about kind of thing. Sort of like what Tomasino did, but without the Big Camp. He was just like, watch mm-hmm. me play in the AHL and be good at hockey. Um, the people that are on the bubble that I think are safe though. Yakov Trenin, if you want to consider him on the bubble. He's not on the bubble. Yeah, I think he's safe as kind of... I, I don't really agree with it. Just because, personally, we'll get to where I see... The, the roster's fine to me. Except I want Afanasyev playing. Okay. That's where yeah. I'm at. Which means yeah, I he think comes we're at, at that expect- point, though. It's almost making sense now with who's staying and, and why they're going that route, right. aside from Ram Pitlick. And, it's, <laughs> and Heinz has shown that he will run four lines with not close to proper ice time for like your traditional first, second, third, fourth. But the fourth line will get some run, which is why I'm okay with Afanasiyev getting on that fourth line, which is why I think the third line of Tomasino and Glass is okay without him being in the top six. Even though last year I was saying if you're going to play Tomasino, he's got to get like prominent minutes in the top six. But if you're pairing him up with Glass, yeah, I like the glass pairing, he's going to yeah. get some run. So I'm okay with that. And if you were to throw Afanasyev on the fourth line with Sissons and Janot, that'd be kind of fun. And it'd be it would kind be. of good, too. I would also be okay with Afanasyev uh, replacing Cousins. Uh, yeah, that would be fine with that'd me, That'd be too. a really young line, but I think it could be fun because every single one of them have something to prove. Yeah, and uh, like opening, line, or opening night rosters, we'll look back at it at the end of the year and go, wow, it was different. And that's, that's the oh, whole point. Oh, like, yeah. What what happens now isn't set in stone for eighty two games. Yeah. And and the opening at rosters means rosters mean they're all gonna skate. This means they're on the roster that you mean you're not skating twenty-three. You know, twenty-three players are not gonna be on the bench and ice. No. So it's just making the roster. So here here's my thing for Afanasiev and what I'd like to see in my reasoning why. Why I think he should make the opening at roster and why I think he should play at least two games early on, like two out of the first four or five games. Yeah. Afanasyev has put in a lot of work. He's played back and forth between North America. He, he During the pandemic, he played a lot in Russia and everything, too. He has not played junior. He's been playing men's hockey now, and he's a big dude, but he can still skate, and he has a rocket. Even if you're going to reassign him, which I think would happen, you give him that taste. You give him the tease, that little bit of taste of the, big, of the, of the NHL, especially in front of a home crowd. Okay, you give him that taste, then you send him down and see how he responds. And the boy's going to respond. I, and that that's what I want to see. It's I, I think it's one of those it's a hunger game. What if for he, that too? What if he you do this plan and the first two games he plays, let's say we're handing out report cards, he gets a consistent B+ both nights. You still send him down? Then you don't. Then 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 you don't. But I think it's going to be one of those things there's going to be some learning curve to it. And that, that's the thing is you give he'll he'll have some opportunities. But I think it's where you send him down because maybe there's an injury why you had to play him or something like that. Because no matter what, how many NHL teams start off 100% healthy? Zero. They just, they just don't. It's, it's just impossible. Don't. It, it is. So, But that's what I'd like to see. And I think that's a good not game. It's not a game you're playing with him. It's a You give him that tease and what's going to be like. And like, this is how close he is. Because he truly is. That's his final he really, challenge. He really, really is. Yeah. He really, really is close. And you see him go to Milwaukee and light it up. And it's like, okay, kid, now you're coming up to stay. Yeah, And that, that's how close he is because he has the making of an NHL body. He has the frame to be in the NHL. He has the work ethic. He has a kick-ass personality. 
which I love. And he even liked my tweet about needing a webinar for his name. Uh, so that's pretty good but and i want him up here eventually to stay too because i I want him to keep that personality fans are going to love him and if he keeps the shot that he has and keeps that big frame and everything too he's going to get time in the power play which is where he could put up some serious damage in the future not saying it's going to happen this year but you put him on the power play and you have some some things out there he can put up some major points while on the power play so he's that's just my strategy there too to keep the hunger going to me he's a poor jvr early in jvr's career because JVR would go in front of the net. He'd bang his body around. Then JVR got kind of old and injury prone. Stopped doing that. And right. he's now the player he is. He's a poor man's Wayne Simmons. And the fact that he's not afraid to stand in front of the net and take shots and just get hit by them and let them kind of trickle in. And he's still a skill effective player. Mm-hmm. So he definitely has a role. If the question was like, so where I see Afanasyev compared to where like Pitlick was two years ago, Afanasyev is better. Like, just not much better, oh, yeah. but, like, he's just, he's better. So He's a better spot. Yeah. He's, he's if Pitlick had the camp that Afanasyev had still, I still think Pitlick would have been, the move would have still happened with Pitlick. Oh, just, I, th- I think so, too. I don't think he was necessarily making opening night right now as it is. No. I just think it would have been more difficult for him to get claimed. Yeah. Had it been delayed. Yeah. So, okay. Next, uh, there's another thing that is kind of looming right now for the future of this franchise and where it's going to be in the next, say, three to five years in terms <laughs> of a window reopening, truly reopening or not. And that is what is going to happen with Philip Forsberg and Matthias Ekholm, who are both on two completely different sides and how they're playing this re-signing game, this contract extension game. Matthias Ekholm on the, I wish it could have been done before the season type of thing. And Forsberg on the, well... I have to play out my contract and just focus on the season. The contract negotiations haven't started yet. Two completely different camps. And I don't want to read too much into it and everything because we obviously know the reason why. But Matthias Ekholm, he has a family. I think that's the big one. Has a family, doesn't want to uproot them and everything like that. They've established some roots here in Nashville, even though Arvidsson and Yarncook are gone. Still has established roots here in Nashville and just wants to play the rest of his career. I mean, you can tell that Ekholm is not going for like big money, big money, big money. He just wants to get his contract, wants to finish out his career, and probably enjoy retirement when it's time for that to come. He just seems to be that honest person when it comes to that. From all my interactions with him and everything, too, he just wants to play the game and, and be done with it. Would he want to win a championship? Yeah. He just wants to be good for his family. Philip Forsberg, you can tell there's a different fire there because of the potential offensive player that he is and that he wants to win a championship. He definitely wants to win a championship and is are the natural predators in that position to be able to do that in the next three to four years while he still has time left in his prime. I don't know if they are or not. <laughs> they not this year and probably not next year. If things go well, they could reopen that window if Tomasino really plays out. If, if Tolvanen can come into his own, uh, if Forsberg can, can get into a 30 goal pace type of thing that could potentially happen. And it's okay with Forsberg to wait it out a little bit to see how the season progresses. But if they are approaching the trade deadline, if they are approaching the trade deadline this year, just like last year, if they're approaching the GD trade line (laughs) and are not in a playoff position and only just battling for a playoff position and you do not have Philip Forsberg under contract, you trade him for something in return. You don't hope that he re- you trade his ass and get a return. It also so <laughs> I have a minor like maybe not to this. So if I'm Philip Forsberg, 
I am 27 years old. I am too. Fun. And my oh. last contract was $6 million uh, per year for six years. And this was after scoring uh, 63, 64 points and going, yeah, I'm a bona fide 30 goal scorer. If that Philip Forsberg shows up this year by the trade deadline, like he's on pace for 30 plus, then yes, trade him. That mm-hmm. that would be okay. And I can explain more why I say trade him, but we're not in we the season, right? So I'm just going to stop there. Um, if he's on <laughs> a 20 goal pace, if he's on less than a 20 goal pace, then I think you're allowed to keep him. And I think you're allowed to be like, probably not going to get paid that much on the open market. I don't know about that. But I, I, I just don't. I think that's when you can kind of not be like, oh, yeah, we might, we have to trade him. We have to 100%. I, I think people would still value. I think general managers still value him because they'd be like, well, if we just put him with this player. I, yeah, I mean, gonna... that's true because the buzz around him over the last trade deadline was, wow, how good would he be if he wasn't struggling exactly. in Nashville right now? And then Which you look I, at the... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, like, I get that narrative completely, but I also think throughout the year, if he's starting to struggle, then David Poyle, if he's a smart GM, goes to him and goes, we'll give you another six and we'll up it a little bit. Ooh. Like, not six million. We'll give you another six years and we'll okay. up it a little. Because I think Forsberg's going to want to go into free agency if he's at that 30 goal pace going, I want eight plus years. Oh, right. Yeah. And I want eight plus million in each and every one of those years because I'm 27. I play the body and, and point at Johansson and Duchesne and be like, see, give me something <laughs> else is what he'll say. Yeah. So I like I don't think it's so cut and dry that if by the deadline, the Preds aren't in a position, which, to be honest, I don't think they will be in a playoff position, then you have to trade him. I just think. You shouldn't force yourself to trade him That's for such nothing. such a gamble. That's it is a gamble, gamble, but at the same time... This fan base would explode if he walks for nothing. The The precedent you're dangerously going to set is, if we're bad, we're trading you. So why would any player want to be... Well, no. no well, not if we're business. bad. It's Yeah, but why would any player want to come to Nashville then? Well, that's a part of the rebuilding. It's going to be difficult to attract that until you're but able to not, draft and develop. Right, but they're not, they're not a true rebuild team. They're this quasi. They will be if they have to trade. Forsberg. If they have to trade Forsberg and Ekholm, they go from this quasi bullshit rebuild to an actual rebuild. This right. is. And like, I don't think they're still going to trade Ekholm. I think Ekholm's going to be like, we need him. Him and Yossi are our key pieces. Well, the, the difference between Ekholm and Forsberg is Ekholm never got that big payday. Like he, he didn't. He never got that, and he's just been a solid. He's thirty-one now, and what he makes is probably what he'll make for a few more years. Forsberg no. could make bank on the open market. Oh, he could. So, Especially which is when why you see the numbers from Adam Bingen's article in the Athletic too, comparing him to Landeskog, and at a point per game pace, Forsberg is just like one hundredth better than Gabriel Landeskog. And you look at the money that Gabriel Landeskog play if, is making, but because of his value is higher because the team he's on too. And if Forsberg gets traded, we will not be visiting the. He might have a reunion with Nashville after. There won't be. No, there won't. That like one that rarely happens too. If he's being very, like, if he's holding his deck close right now and he's not saying much, th- there's no interest in him being like, well, you can trade me for assets and I'll come back. Like, no, that's, not, that, not that, that won't happen. No, yeah, no, it, he's... If the Predators are a fringe team again this year, there's a chance he resigns. If they are in the shitter and, like, not even close, barring a miracle, like, playoff run, <laughs> then he's gone. Trade him. But and I you think you need to get something returned because he's going to get a decent return. I that that's true, but also like so. Let's say the Preds are playing horribly, and doesn't matter. It's still Forsberg. Preds are playing horribly. Uh, Forsberg's on a twenty goal pace, but Tomasino looks really good. Cody Glass looks really good. 
uh, let's say Ference gets called up and just stays up and he looks really good. Like the youth looks good. I think then David Poyle has the option to roll the dice and go, look how good these kids are doing. Let's get one. Let's get rid of one of these big contracts, but we want you to be part of the core and lead the way. I think that's a probable thing that could happen, but it, like everything has to go right in that scenario, right? Like the kids have to be good. And Forsberg mm-hmm. has to see it in front of his eyes and go, you're right. The kids are good. And he mm-hmm. has to have an opportunity to play with said kids and not anchor one anchor too. No, that's right. That's right. And, and I know we're getting what we're putting the cart way ahead of the horse here, but it's a legitimate conversation until the extension happens or a trade happens, because that is going to be one of the stories of the season. People are going to be watching what is happening there too. And over analyzing every little thing that Philip Forsberg does. And he understands the business. Yeah. He reacted the way he reacted to Victor Arms being traded and Kyle Yonker going because they're, they're buddies. I mean, they're, they're fellow countrymen. They form a bond. They've been in the system for a long time, and that's understandable, but they all understand that it's a business, mm-hmm. but it's understandable for them to be upset with how things happen, and that does change the room a lot, but the room needed to be changed. I'm not saying there are problems, it's just you have to shake up the room, that's how you shake it up, and in that article, too, I, was it? I think it was with Vingen as well, too, where Forsberg, the quote there was how it just, the return for losing some guys was not what you expected it to be, whereas at least with uh, what was it? Yeah, at least with Ryan Ellis going, you get uh, Philippe Myers and Cody Glass in returns. Like, okay, you get guys that can come right away and contribute. But and he even addressed this too that a couple years down the road, you could see those draft picks that were sent in return for other trades all of a sudden become really important guys. So he understands the business of it, and that right there shows that he understands that while you're upset now, that could be good for the t- the team, the organization in the future if those draft picks do turn out to be pieces of a puzzle so it was neat to hear him say that too and address how he understands the business side of things how it's just and it's just a reaction i mean i want more personality from hockey players even if it's just a thumbs down react it's okay you're yeah. human show show your human side more and people are going to enjoy the sport a lot more too um one year from now let's just wrap this conversation up real quick oh, one year boy. from now is philip forsberg a nashville predator yes no okay we'll see where that where it's at I'm that's we'll we'll dive into this in a future episode. Is this oh, yeah, we'll have yeah. to. We, and I think like both of us would have pretty damn good reasons why and why not. But oh, yeah. And here's the thing, too. I like that we disagree. Me, too. And uh, it's like <laughs> that. It's a true 50 50, which is why. And there's your 50 50. <laughs> right. Uh, OK. Uh, <laughs> there's the talk on. on well, wait, no. Uh, Kat did ask a question, did she not? She did. I need to go into here. Hold on. Can't wait for your answer. Go to this thread. Why would Ben Harper make a good captain? <laughs> Next question. That's a, this is a great question. I did say this is a good question, and I will answer this. Because he knows what... I don't even know. I can't even bullshit anything about this. I think I've honestly gone from not enjoying Ben Harper to him becoming a meme. And now I kind of like Ben Harper. Not the hockey player. The meme. Okay. He's getting cut. We know this. I don't know. Actually, it might be Benning. It might be Benning. Uh, Whoopie-doo at the end of the day. Like on the, on the other side, I'm really excited to see Borvietsky play and be in a great spot mentally mm-hmm. for his own sake and just for the sake of his career. I'm really excited for him to be 
in it in a great spot for him to see how he can flourish in the role that he plays. Barring injury, I think this could yeah. be Borvietsky's best season, and that's not to say he's going to turn into this top four defenseman or anything. Well, no, just solid. I just think it's going to be a good Borrow Cop season. Yeah, he's fired that, up. He's dealt he's with everything go. that he needs to deal with kind he's of thing. He's, he's fired up for the season. Like, I'm personally cheering for him. I will not be setting a bet this year, by the way, about Borvietsky games played. Okay, I want to. I want to. Sh- have I shared my Alanis Morissette story yet? You have an Alanis Morissette story? Well, her concert. I want. I won't tweet this or anything because I don't want to. I just don't want to share this. But for our listeners, a special story. Okay, a special story for our listeners. And Ball's a Predators player. Okay. <laughs> so we're not even going to put this in the promo because I don't want people to listen just for this story. But uh, we're at a, the Alanis Morissette concert at Bridgestone Arena. This is a couple weeks ago. And we were, were sitting in club level and we were going to the restroom before Alanis Morissette was going to come on stage, uh, me and my fiance, Alex. So waiting outside the restroom because we're just like, okay, let's get ready to go and go wait outside, wait outside. And she's just joking because there's so many suites that look like they're open or people haven't gotten into them yet. She's like, can we just sneak in one? I mean, you've got to know somebody here. Everybody knows you. And the wife of um, one of the Preds hockey ops, guys comes out it's like justin and start to chit chat and everything like that and then from the other side here comes ryan johansson what with a small crew <laughs> to the lattice more set concert and he's wearing uh, an acdc shirt <laughs> did he read and, it wrong and who's coming no, no 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 he came up he was in a good mood uh because he he there was a t- the ticket rep guy that was helping make sure that he got in there because obviously you know, they know each other and sees the, the the wife of the hockey ops person and sees me. He goes, hey, buddy, how's it going? And we go in for like the bro, not handshake, but the hand over <laughs> hand the thing. Hell? The, the t- I have a beer in my one hand. Yeah, and I yeah. give him the tap. And I was like, you ready for this season? He's like, hell yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, what? <laughs> and it was just the most random thing. And then he looks at at Alex like, I'm, "Have I met you before? You look familiar." <laughs> and Alex is like, "Oh, I'm like, oh yeah, the the tin roof thing because we did this thing with um, um, the telling hockey stories at the tin roof in downtown Nashville with Ryan Johansson. It was like no no recorders, no video cameras, anything like that. He could just be a little more honest with Chris Mason, Hal Gill, on everything like that." Uh, so that was fun. And it's like, she was there. Maybe that's it. He's like, maybe. And he's like, all right, man. Well, good to see you. He's like, yeah, have fun. Good to see you, man. See you soon. Honest. We walk off. Hold on. Not done yet. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Hold on. We both go to the restroom. We're coming out. He's at the bar uh, and getting some of these. Hey, you need another drink? I'm like, no, man, I'm good. I'm good. I was like, man, I could have taken around your hands and up on a beer offer. I was like, I know we can afford it. Yeah, no and shit. I, but it was cool. I mean, that is one of the... And, obviously not scripted or anything. And that is not an exaggeration of anything that happened, folks. It's just a cool story of someone that you cover who it makes me, especially, and I know trying to be on bias, but it makes you want to root for the guy to be successful for sure, because he was just so laid back and chill. And to me too, Joey is Joey. Like there was no wall of him being, having a fake personality of being a jokester and having a personality with the media or joking around with people as well in post-game interviews and stuff like that. He was the same person at this interaction as he is there. And that's what I like to see is that he doesn't care. He's just Ryan Johansson with his personality. And does he make he makes a lot of money, yeah, but he was just chill. So super chill. 
about it and everything too and it was, it was a fun interaction and i forgot i need, I need to share that i should have shared that last week but that's a fun there. story um my question to you is how many beers do you think raijo had i mean he probably had at least one or two before coming okay I, i've just probably enjoyed but this, it was really cool i mean of all concerts though the atlanta's more set concert i mean he's canadian she's canadian that's true that's true that's true Isn't but it I mean, ironic it's be- but it's before his think? time yeah i mean well I'm 27 and I know some well, Atlantis have, and he's 29 well, yeah, of and yeah, of course. Okay. That makes sense. It makes sense. But that was a fun story. All right. Yeah. Have you been watching? What if you, I rolled, I just want to let the listeners know because you already know the answer. No, I binged. So last season of Ted Lasso is ten, or last episode of season two right. of Ted Lasso is tonight. And I got to watch okay. that. Um, okay. I finished all of on my block. I finished okay. a sex education Okay. Which are like, I watched these for the previous season, so I had to finish it. Right. Um, that's all the TV I've watched. Finished Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but we already talked okay. about that, I think. Yeah, I, I haven't got around to What If yet. Oh, you know what is coming out on Disney Plus? What? Muppets Halloween. I know, it's coming out uh, tomorrow. I'm pretty fired up about that. Oh, this is a complete sidetrack now. You doing anything for, for Halloween it. this year? Uh, not sure yet. <laughs> Honestly, why? I bought a costume for the first time in probably like five, six years. Because usually I do nothing. I just uh-huh. hand out candy. So I'm trying to pull up a picture here while I stall a little. This is the best costume I've ever got in my life. And it's like a bot costume because I'm lazy. Am I going to be disappointed? No, it's ridiculous. You'd be like, oh, that makes sense. I'll show you here. Matthew. What? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's amazing. It's a man, so it looks like a little bear is holding you up, and then you give the bear a piggyback and you walk around. <laughs> if you need to know what this looks like, um just tweet at me and I'll No, show no, you. you know what you're gonna do? That needs to be the episode picture. <laughs> That's actually pretty smart. I like that. <laughs> that will be the episode picture. People will be like, what the hell is this? listen and find out <laughs> oh my gosh all right so i think that's all we actually had to cover isn't it oh what you okay and uh you have not seen venom either have you no but i've heard it's very good and i need to go see i was supposed to okay. go see it when i went and visited my buddies for a, like there was a wedding and we all got together but we went out and got drunk instead yeah okay so <laughs> I, I wouldn't put it in very good category i'd say it was entertaining was it fun but, Yes, it was fun and entertaining, and I laughed out loud multiple times while watching it. It's a short movie. It's an hour and a half. So it's just it's, like the first Venom. It's fun. Yep. The end. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. I, th- I thought the first one was better, but the, we're going to watch this. It's all about the mid-credit scene. Oh, I was like, there's credits in the middle of the movie? No, I got it. It's the mid. There's not even an end credit. There's a mid-credit, and okay. it affects a few things. Okay, well, I gotta go see. It's not like it's just entertaining. It's there's meaning behind the, credit, the mid credit scene, just like there was in the first Venom. No. Ooh. Okay. This, this is this is a this is a pretty big one. This one affects more things. This one affects more things. I feel like that was a hint. <laughs> the way you said that and the way you looked at me, that was definitely a hint. Maybe. May. may it. It mean like it's one of those. Oh shit. That's the, the, that's the realization that the theater had. I could hear people say, 
oh shit like is <laughs> out loud is the song this year for the movie better than last year's song where Eminem just went Venom, Ven, Ven, Venom over and over and over again? I'll spoil it if I say something. How would you spoil it? I, 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 that's my reason. Uh, shit. Okay, well, I guess I gotta watch that soon. I still haven't seen Free Guy, by the way. <sighs> okay. And you know the James Bond movies come. Uh, I, I'm that. Uh, sorry, that is taking priority of my movie watching okay. experience. I love James well, Bond. Yeah, yeah, of course, I understand that. And Dune is coming out in two weeks. Oh my god, I'm very pumped so for that. Much. Yeah, and then Eternals <laughs> is getting ready. So much. And that's why we had the discussion in our last podcast of what movie we're looking forward to because there's so much happening now. And then Spider Man. I have a couple months away. I have a rare Saturday off this week, so maybe I'll drag my girlfriend to the movies and make her go see James Bond with me. There you go. There you go. And then we can talk about it. Have you? Or when are you seeing it? Hopefully this weekend. You're in, like, the pace in which you watch things is like nobody I've ever met in my life. Because that's, that is one of my priorities of entertainment. Yeah. So that's, that's why. <laughs> pre I mean pre pandemic I thought I was doing a good job of like seeing movies frequently. You were. Thing. You were and then you fell behind. Yeah, well yeah. 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 <laughs> I got no excuse, you right. And remember in December as well we're getting the book of Boba Fett. Oh right. We are. Mm. Ooh, yeah, huh. yeah. Um Stadium series is coming up in February. Yeah, season ticket holders have been able to buy their tickets before it goes on a sale to the general public. Just going to throw this one out there real quick. If you have any like tips or hints on where to stay in Nashville during that time or not in Nashville there or Airbnbs kind of thing, let not your in boy Nashville. Know. There you go. So you go. I can find a place. I am going. I just need to find somewhere. Maybe somebody has a really actual extra bedroom, unlike me. <laughs> I, I like. I'm sure we'll find something, and then me and you will organize our what we're doing for it. Our Filipino get together. Yes, I didn't know what to call it, but yeah. That. You know, <laughs> Nashville. <laughs> that sounded like werewolves in London, but different. Dun 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 dun. in London. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> i think right. we should wrap up <laughs> we should wrap up folks we'll get back in the swing of things the season's just around the corner and hey i might as well throw this out too penalty box radio live show is coming back next week on 1025 the game me and glenn back in studio seems like forever but that'll be coming up soon too so you get to hear more of my voice yay coming up. Yay. Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025, the game coming up. And obviously more Preds, Pucks, Pinoys, Triple P coming at you for the whole season. So we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, welcome to any new listeners. Thanks for sticking with us. You can follow him at Best of Matt on Twitter. Follow me at Justin B. Bradford and Triple P Podcast underscore on Twitter. And also we have the Facebook page, Triple P Preds, Pucks, Pinoys. As always, thanks for tuning in so much. Matt, say goodbye. Why do you got to do it? <laughs> goodbye. I'm ending the recording. See you later.